0: what I'm going to do, and plus there's so many untold and unheard stories in terms of COVID and how it relates to sex work and what kind of struggles we're all going through. So today I am speaking with Ms. Cordella Kosor. Am I, am I pronouncing that correctly?
1: You know, you did a really good job there. Most cannot pronounce it. It's Kosor, yeah.
0: Kosor, with a rolled yeah. R at the end. I like that.
1: Kind of, yeah. Um, it's a Croatian name, actually. so oh, yeah, Oh, okay. are. There you go.
0: Are you yeah. Croatian or Eastern European?
1: Uh, my mother's family are immigrants, so I'm a first-generation Canadian on my mom's side. Uh, and I just like to say Yugoslavian because I'm yes. mixed. I have okay. family that way in Croatia and Serbia.
0: Amazing. And there was a huge, yeah. huge battle between there. Tons of history over there. I just history, visited. Yeah. yeah. Tons of like political history and war and yeah. all that stuff. But let's go into introducing who you are because we were supposed to interview before you had left and before COVID and then COVID happened and then made it everything impossible. And now you're based in Winnipeg. So, what the heck? Yeah, I am for the time (laughs) being. Yes. But it is good to finally virtually meet you. We're on Hangouts right now. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for technology. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, how would you like to introduce yourself? How would you like to define what you do? Who are you? Tell the world who you are. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: My stage name is Cordella Casor. Uh, I'm a former Miss Nude World, uh, um, Hard Body, which is a subtitle, and also a former Miss Nude World exotic dancer, uh, Best Show. Um, wow. So, I, yeah, uh, that was <laughs> the year that I competed. So, I would be categorized as a pageant showgirl. So, in, okay. in stripping, so with exotic dance, for anyone that is not aware there are different tiers to the industry Uh, not all places in the world have all the different variations but in north america primarily what has happened is most of the industry has gone to house dancers and freelancers so these are the women that come into the club at night, pay a fee to the house, uh, and that allows them to work the floor on a commission basis. Right. Basically, so for each individual sale they do to a customer, either um, as a table dance, or a private show, or a champagne room, they take a percentage. Right. So these are saleswomen um, less. Less known is like an old school option that has to do with more uh, stage performance. So in America, they have uh, pageant showgirls, which is what I am. They're feature entertainers that uh, tour the country on contracts.
0: Wow. And we
1: do, yeah. And uh, <laughs> cool. well, yeah, a little known fact, right? <laughs> um, but we do uh, more elaborate shows. So we'll come out in a head handmade costume often will have a theme to it there's a bit more pizzazz more thought um hopefully several skill sets are uh demonstrated mm-hmm. and she'll throw out promotional materials typically there's also triple x stars so the actresses in porn they also can feature oh. um but obviously their approach is a little bit less a um, little bit uh, not less but they are different they're their draw for the club is obviously uh, selling their films right uh, and for the most part in Canada uh, in Western Canada at least there are still showgirls which is a beautiful thing.
0: Wow that's amazing <laughs> Just a little fun yeah. tidbit yeah. I did not know all that so <laughs> that's oh, really incredible. yeah no I didn't know all of that like I, I, I'm aware of the different um, exotic dance competitions. And I'm aware of yeah. some girls I know that definitely do tour around. Like yeah. I think Like Cassius um, Shea, Alexandra, yeah. and stuff like that, that go down to the States yeah, the, and stuff. It's,
1: it's, yeah, it has changed over the years. Um, so showgirls used to be the industry standard. So I... I was made aware of this when I came into the business. Um, Mm -hmm. There were women that were just exiting at the time that explained this to me. In the late 80s, I believe, there was a big philosophy change. Um, The clubs were not uh, as interested in the headliner being their business model. They all were starting to shift to... Private sales, because right. that's more yield, right? Right. We could argue over quality versus quantity. It's neither here nor there. It's just that's what the shift started bringing into Canada because it started in the states, right? And Canada used to be all showgirls and all feature dancers. Like on the east coast, like Ontario, Quebec, the Maritimes, where uh, most dancers know it's now just hustling. Back there, there was huge elaborate productions for features. And um, it started with, I believe, like mini podiums being like run around in the club. Like literally, if you wanted a table dance, you couldn't actually get a private show with a girl. She'd just run around with like literally a milk crate and like do a little wiggle (laughs) dance in front of you. I know, it (laughs) sounds so innocent and cute, but that's how it started. And now it's progressed to at least in the West, we are still able to have contracts. So mm-hmm. you'll come in with a contract for the week, but after commission and deduction, and of course your overhead as a, a contractor, really your income is dependent solely on how how well of a hustler you are for private shows. So it's, it's really changed a business model.
0: Right. It's really shifted. And you mentioned that happened more in the late 80s. I, to know. I believe so because I
1: um I started dancing right before I turned 19, mm-hmm. and that was in like showing my age here. Damn,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, I wrong will that. Say 2009
1: is when I started getting into dancing. Oh wow! So late 20s but yeah that's what I was told both by my agents uh and also the veteran dancers at the time they're like oh you know it's wonderful that you're so passionate about being a showgirl you have such natural charm for being on a stage you were born a decade too late my girl and I'm uh, like ah, shit. oh yeah
0: I know because I, I mentioned um we were speaking about this topic actually with kasha shay who's a mm. feature yeah, yeah I've met her. she's incredible she's awesome but we're yeah. also i also mentioned a couple other episodes too just like how there's been at shift too that there aren't mm-hmm. as many feature dances anymore and we were just trying to discuss like reasons why as to what like why that was and everything is moving so, to the hustle right but also um, yeah like there's
1: there's a lot of commentary around why it has happened. And as I said, it was a business model that was a top-down decision. Mm-hmm. Clubs just had this eureka moment and they're like, hey, instead of instead of bringing in feature dancers that we have to pay uh, a contract to, why don't we start for a lack of a better word, grooming the next generation of dancers to normalize them paying us. And it becomes a snowball effect because not just with dancing, but, uh, sex work in general is something that is strongly based on mentorship, Mm -hmm. uh, You know now there is a lot of industry, um, separate industry, dare I say, around like pole studios or like coaching or um, you know the franchise strip and grow rich. You know, so there's all these things now that you can pre-purchase, so you have like um, I guess uh, like a foundation going into the industry.
0: Right,
1: but. Previously, um, it was all you learn as you listen, and you learn as you watch, and you learn as you trial and error. Right. So it's changed a lot. I would say that as far as the term feature entertainer goes, it is, it is used a lot, but I would not say that the majority of Women that quote feature are truly headlining acts. Um, yeah, it's, it's been very watered down. So, mm-hmm. when you say you feature at a club, you might be um, a regular showgirl on the local circuit that comes through on a regular basis. You're a club favorite, right. which is still completely legitimate. But a t- traditional feature is a headliner with a long titles list very very elaborate costumes and props Mm -hmm. that tours half or full year like uh, a road girl
0: yeah (laughs) well thank you for the definition because i feel like a lot of people don't know all that information so it's good to kind of get a refresher on that too but it's kind of sad though too because i I feel like yeah the term feature as you said it's watered down now and there's it's just far and few (laughs) It's, uh, it's, you
1: only know what you know. And again, it's a learned job. There's, there's a lot of artistry when it comes to being a, an entertainer because you mentor under people and you also kind of cut your own teeth on it in the sense that you can come prepackaged, but like true showmanship is something very organic and unique and uh it's it's hard to explain you see someone on a stage whether they're an exotic dancer or um or a burlesque girl or a belly dancer or a singer or a comedian whatever any any in-person entertainer and you can see when they are completely in their moment and like on the ball so to speak like you can just see when they're on and it's such a special thing to watch and I think that's partially where the real hook for the uh, exotic part comes from because to see a woman in her moment completely raw and like rocking it and like her getting off on the moment and watching a crowd get off on her get off on the moment it's the hottest thing ever and not many women can pull that off
0: no it's that star quality but also like that whole magic around that performance. Yes. Yeah, like it's it's really yeah. hard. Like I can't say that yeah. I've seen a lot of dancers like that lately. And I think yes. that it's definitely and then there's nothing wrong with the dancers now. Um, but it's just no. as you said, like a shift. A shift in the business model. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you get started? So you mentioned you started dancing when you were about 19?
1: 18 in a dry bar. Okay. Uh, but 19, yes. Okay. Um, I was out of high school and I was in college. I was taking general studies and the plan was to block transfer to SFU. Mm-hmm. So I'm born and raised in the Lower Mainland in BC, Canada. Awesome. So I was in school, and I I've grown up very um, blue collar, so I would say lower middle class, which mm-hmm. there's no shame in that. However, it does have certain challenges when you're chasing post-secondary education and you're you're not independently taken care of. So I was at the time, in school full time. I had just moved out on my own with a few friends and I was juggling multiple jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, straight blue collar jobs. Um, And one of my classmates, she saw me struggling a lot. And uh, she had suggested, oh, hey, uh, why don't you come to one of my jobs with me and just check it out? So I did. And it was at the Cecil uh, on Granville Street. Back in the day.
0: Yeah, throwback. Exactly.
1: I snuck in there underage. (laughs) I remember (laughs) the Cecil. (laughs) Right? It was, you know, the Cecil was a beautiful show bar. Like, there are two, uh, to my knowledge, that are still of that caliber. Um, And they're so gorgeous. They are like, that's glitzy and I still have that like kind of seared into the back of my head because that was my first impression and that's the standard of dancer mm-hmm. that is in the back of my mind too right, right. so that was what I first saw to be a stripper um <laughs> but I didn't get into it right away I uh I asked her questions and I came on uh came to shift with her and I hung out in the uh, change room a bit but it wasn't until my second term in college where I chose to audition because one of my parents had had uh, quite a serious surgery and suddenly I was challenged to, okay, so am I going to step up and, you know, uh, supplement their income while they recover Mm -hmm. and still cover my own ass for my bills and keep on school and whatnot. So I, that's what actually pushed me into it. And I don't, say that very often to people because I don't want my story to be, like, quote, ammo to, mm. be like, ammo to, like, a swerf or whatever. Like, right. they'll conflate my story with something. Oh, well, you know, they didn't have another option. I'm like, no, there's always other options. But at the time, that looked like a very, very good option because I'm like, hey, yeah. okay, I can actually pull this off. Right. So I'm – I don't often open up about that part. Um, I generally keep it like, oh, you know, I was in school and, you know, it sounded super interesting. So I started and I leave it there. I don't usually delve deeper, but wow. uh, you get to hear about it.
0: Thank you. And that's incredibly yeah. like insightful and also really intimate for you to share. So thank you. Yeah. I'm sure I think appreciate of, that. I think a lot of women, again,
1: I, I think now because we live in more progressive time around decriminalization of sex work across the board. I feel that it's a safer time to be open about this. Right. But I think, I think at the same time, uh, people that are in sex work, like man, woman, trans, any any type of sex work, even we, depending on the situation, we can sometimes sanitize our stories because, again, we don't want it being co-opted by, like, a political agenda, right? Right. So that's all.
0: But thank you for sharing that. Really, really appreciate that. I think it's really important. And you said you felt you can do the job. What do you mean by that? Did you have any, like, dance experience? (laughs) Or it's just, like, you saw your friend doing it, and you're like, I can do it. (laughs) Um... Oh, okay. (laughs) What What are the requirements here? Um, I, uh...
1: I very much am a tomboy, so to have a sense of comfort with my own body I had from a young age um, i wouldn't I wouldn't say I was an exhibitionist uh that's the wrong word i'm just I've always been very very comfortable with my body um I think to shame a woman around nudity is it just it's it's ridiculous to me because nudity itself to shame someone about their body I just I I think it's such a flawed argument. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that. So I had nothing fundamentally uh, against being nude in a venue. I thought that was very European. That's my background. I thought it was cool. Right. I played sports growing up. So I was watching the women. And um, again, there was a really, really high standard of fitness, like a very, very, very high energy shows. It's changed over the years. But again, when you're doing a proper show as a showgirl you come out with huge energy and it's almost like a crescendo because there's the songs should dictate the mood the theme uh what you're trying to convey your attitude like it's it's supposed to culminate and then go down to your last song. So I was watching this and the women would come off stage completely drenched in sweat. I'm like, okay, this looks good. I can pull this off. I think (laughs) I can do this. Um, You know, like I, I literally was like sitting by the DJ booth or by the bar, like trying to be like low key and watch my classmate when she would do her show. And like, she definitely was working for it, but again, when you see something completely authentic and raw and wild and hot, you leave the stage with your money's worth. So yeah. I'm like, okay, this I can pull off. This is cool.
0: Wow. That's, <laughs> you have such elaborate descriptions, but it, it, you you paint a great picture, which is, is super, super important. When it comes to like showmanship and just being a great overall performer, because yeah, yeah, it, I've I've said this in other episodes too, yeah. but like, there's a big difference. Like people think like, oh, I, I could pull dance or I can, you know, I could twerk and stuff like that. It's
1: not about that. It's not though. about that. It's yeah, that, that is not <laughs> the main uh, strength that you should be coming from. Like that is only one component that puts you together as a performer and something marketable. Trust right. me, I've spoken to enough men over the years. Women are completely enthralled by pole tricks. Men are impressed, but when the woman has bigger guns than him, he's like, ah, ah, step back a bit. You know, it's, it's, the perf- it's the perfect combination of strength, poise, beauty, sensuality, raw sex appeal, uh, some spunk, you know, like, and being happy, being happy totally. on a stage, an actual smiling woman that is enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. That's what gets a crowd happy.
0: Great. It's a total package deal, <laughs> which you have, obviously. For sure. <laughs> Can yeah. you tell me how? Thank you. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. <laughs> Can you tell me how you got into the whole pageantry with Yeah. With um, dancing? For sure. Uh, so when you're a showgirl,
1: one of the ways that you uh, kind of command a higher show price is they'll start you, it's a negotiation, right? Because traditionally you have an agent representing you because you're a subcontractor or a contractor. So you go through a middleman, that's your booking agency, and that is standard. So the idea is that as a performer or an entertainer, same as a singer, mm-hmm. same idea, same as a stand-up, you know, they start you at, you know, a discretionary rate, mm-hmm. your, your, your show price. And based on how well and how quickly you can progress, if you want to, you can get raises. And one way uh, to get a raise is to do contests. Which is how you demonstrate to a crowd, to a panel of judges, and your agents, and the club owners that hey, hmm, she's worth her salt. Um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's changed over. It's changed over the years, but the idea behind a contest is you bring your best and you really do command the crowd and hopefully you place uh, but no matter what uh, being in the contest itself um, helps your career totally uh, there's other things there's other things that help quality costumes mm-hmm. which demonstrates not only you being good at what you do, but you're investing, you're reinvesting your money back into your job.
0: Right. Um, commitment.
1: Yeah. Commitment. Uh, also there is showmanship in itself because women love beautiful things. So some of us are a bit more competitive that way than others. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, body. So it is, as a performer you need to take care of yourself that's subjective of course but eating well trying to keep your health up um clear skin a lot of women choose to be augmented Uh, you don't have to be but you know the downside to being uh, in the entertainment industry again an actor or a model in general you know, sometimes uh, the pressure to look the part uh, really skews your self-concept. So some people choose to do that and more power to them. i right. um, trying to think of other things. You know, also, it's who you know, right? So mm-hmm. there's the aspect of networking and schmoozling that comes into play. Crowd response, if you're a favorite that way. You know, uh, also work ethic, if you're reliable,
0: dependable, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of requirements there. But it almost sounds like um like a bodybuilding competition almost or like a bikini competition. They have all those pageantry aspects of it too.
1: Yeah. Um there's well it, it's um certain pageants. Um I can only speak to the ones that I've been in, um, but certain pageants literally have scorecards. So oh, it's wow. It is subjective in the sense that, you know, if you're scoring under the category of uh, creativity, Mm -hmm. yeah, that can be subjective. But, uh, you know, uh, the the scorecards will have different categories, um, poise, showmanship, athleticism, uh, crowd appeal, sensuality, costume. You know, so it can be, it can be like, measured that way yeah
0: right can you tell me about your experiences with those competitions and the titles you swept like that's amazing that's so incredible yeah Um, yeah (laughs) yeah sure uh...
1: (laughs) well it's not something I talk about a lot because it's like I I love doing them because again that's that is one way of saying hey I'm I'm demonstrating that I belong on a stage because I have showmanship and I can get a crowd going. Like it's, to me, it's rewarding in itself because I have loved the career. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, I can speak to some of the contests. So I have done (laughs) in, in BC I did my first rookie competition and I did some like, bikini contests when I was a baby stripper to get into it. I've done Miss Nude West Coast previously. I have done Miss Nude World, which has been uh, held across the world, but currently it is American-based. So uh, the Miss Nude Worlds that I've gone to, the pageants, it's a series of pageants that Mm -hmm. – like culminates in the final contest of the year, but um, they're held all over the States. I believe in past years, they have been recently held in Australia as well, but it hasn't been in Canada for Mm. like at least a decade. I know that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Canada has its own uh, pageants. Uh, There's, there has been a Miss Nude BC, but it hasn't been held for several years in Alberta, where uh, showgirls are still used uh, used as a model, mm-hmm. there's several pageants, like uh, Miss Nude Northern Alberta, I've done right. in previous years. Uh, there used to be a Miss Nude Showgirls, a Miss Nude Diamonds, wow. and those are chains, chain clubs. Uh, what else? I'm thinking. <laughs> Miss Nude Manitoba, Miss Nude Winnipeg, those are also pageants that happen yearly, so I'm looking forward to those. As soon as as yeah. uh, as soon as we're able, I'll be gracing uh, those stages for sure.
0: Totally. And
1: I would say I'm looking forward to them because the caliber of dancer out here is still very, very strict, I would say. Like the agency in Manitoba, uh, they still have a very strong image of what a showgirl is supposed to be. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. And yeah, there's also a pageant series, Miss Exotic Dancer United States. Yes. And as I said, similar to Miss Nude World, it's held across the country at different times, but I've also competed and won in that.
0: Wow. So
1: it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> like there, There's contests in Europe as well, mm-hmm. uh, and Australia being part of the Commonwealth, uh, they have a Miss Nude Australia where there's... Heats in different different states for them, right? And also the chain clubs host their own like in house contests. So yeah, it's uh it's pretty fun. If you're on the pageant circuit, you love what you do.
0: Yeah, definitely shows and it sounds like you love what you do. So <laughs> very evident it's, in that. It, it's fun. It's um I don't
1: I don't necessarily like looking back. There was a time that I briefly freelanced exclusively Mm -hmm. but if I had a choice I I love being a showgirl first so yeah that's just me though
0: (laughs) okay so you mentioned earlier you can't wait for things to reopen obviously because we're still in quarantine we're still you know things are slowly Mm. opening up in BC but I wanted to kind of segue into the whole COVID topic which is still rampant and still going on but did you want to tell your story too? Cause you were living in Vancouver and you've temporarily relocated to Winnipeg. So tell me about that.
1: So I was in Vancouver uh, doing some school Mm -hmm. uh, last year. And um, my background is I'm doing a healthcare stream. Okay. So when yeah. So when this started developing in, in international news, we all took notes. You know, uh, one of our teachers actually encouraged us to go onto the WHO website and uh, review what it actually means to be categorized and qualify as a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we there was a discussion in class. Uh, you know, um, I think anybody in healthcare like saw the situation developing and kind of took. I don't want to call it like this, but we took kind of like bets, how it was going to play out. (laughs) Oh my God. In my class. Yeah. As students, we were like, okay. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's how it happened. And I was talking to several friends who were in the States at the time. Um, several features that i keep in loose contact with were in the states and you know america took a different uh, rea- reactive approach to this but yes. certain countries were far more proactive um and it shows now obviously mm-hmm. my roommate she was actually on tour uh featuring in australia oh wow uh, So, yeah, so I was in uh, pretty regular contact with her. I was trying to urge her to follow the embassy's uh, information to the T. And uh, actually what played out for her was, you know, the the clubs started thinning out for customers and um, then they shut down and she isolated herself waiting for her flight. Right. She almost didn't get on a plane because the flight she had on was on was canceled. So she scrambled oh to get go on a plane. Yikes. yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. Yes. I yeah. imagine so, that. Yikes.
1: yeah. When you when you travel internationally for work as a dancer, many of us do. I feel like moving forward, we should we should keep in mind um, like our home country's policies around travel. Right. Um, post post COVID. So that's something, uh, definitely. And um, what ended up having me decide to come to Winnipeg was, as far as my schooling went, I had actually toyed with um, transferring to U of W. Okay. Um, Yeah, I had actually toyed with that um, last summer.
0: (laughs) Oh, so even pre-COVID, like way back when it's an idea that you had.
1: um, Okay. Yeah, precisely. It it wasn't... um, I wouldn't say it was under the best of circumstances that actually had me kind of catapult into moving, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> you know um, it had already been a discussion I had with my family and uh, a lot of my regulars, and uh, they were enthusiastic because uh, Winnipeg is, for me, it's a beautiful city. Uh, I've had lots of positive memories here over the years. so I, I had looked at U of W and U of M prior. You know, as soon as my school program decided to move the the rest of the term online, I just made the decision. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be potentially trapped in Vancouver twiddling my thumbs. I'm gonna get gone while I still can get gone.
0: That's good. You're proactive about that decision too, instead of just like yeah. waiting, right? So yeah. And how do you yeah. have you been to Winnipeg before for work and oh, stuff yeah. too? So yeah, you're already kind of familiar with the city. What it has yeah, to offer. I was uh, I was
1: familiar with it because um, it is it's one of the last uh, provinces to really have a strong showgirl uh, influence. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have had very good uh, relationship with the agency here, Great. and uh, I've kept in touch with my uh, customers over the years here because you know that is something. Uh, one of the wonderful social benefits of being a showgirl or even an exotic answer is um, you do end up uh, building legitimate uh, relationships around the job. And if you so choose, uh, outside of work so right. I have actually I've actually come to call several of my long-standing customers true friends so they they know about my school and my personal life so they're like oh yeah come out we'll set you up if we need to um so it's been good it's been a good transition you know i uh i got out here and uh, i've been uh, social distancing like i mean when you crossed the border the rcmp greet you and they're like hey just so you know and i'm like yes i'm very well aware and i will comply so i quarantined for the two weeks and i've been social distancing since and uh i think in the last week the province of manitoba has started to open up in phases so Good. i'm uh practicing proper health precautions i know from school on top of what is recommended to the public and uh it's been good so far that's awesome
0: was it was difficult for you to transition from vancouver to winnipeg at all or was it easier than you (laughs) thought or Um, you're laughing (laughs) uh,
1: well um again uh, well again it's being closed right yes. so so my time here so far has been mostly indoors but yes. if if i could turn the screen around i'd show you beautiful beautiful skies not a cloud in sight it's beautiful here
0: that's amazing. i love
1: it the prairies is amazing it's it's wonderful
0: so you made a good choice in moving out
1: <laughs> i think so i i have good vibes with it and um you know my roommate she's Amazing. Uh, I, I count her amongst my uh, found family members, right? That's like, because uh, with dancing, there really is a camaraderie and sisterhood. So she is definitely uh, a sister from different mister. And uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: we have a strong
1: support network here. So it's
0: good. That's really, really important to have that. In terms of yeah, British Columbia and um, like Manitoba, how is the support? network over there for that like is is the government over there doing anything differently because i know we were mentioning off the air earlier before recording how bc has like the one the one time payment of a thousand dollars does manitoba have anything like that as well so i i can't
1: speak to this overly much because i'm not I'm not the most informed, right? So Mm. I don't want to put um, like false information out there, right? But as far as I know, there are a lot of outreach programs. So along with healthcare, I have like some working knowledge of social service and outreach. So Mm. there are a lot of um, outreach programs here in the city for people in need as far as provincial relief goes i am not aware of any um, like relief program specific i was going to say as far as rent goes we did receive a statement from our rental company saying that during this time if your lease was planning to be renewed there was a freeze on interest like you okay. know increase But past that, it's quite interesting because in Manitoba, like individual landlords, they're banned from like, uh, there's, there's like a, there's a freeze on increasing rent. But if you rent from like a corporation, it's not so cut and dry. So we are consulting with the RTO here just for our information I am unaware of anything further at this time.
0: Okay. If I hear anything, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I'm sure the rent is probably a bit cheaper there in Winnipeg at least. Girl, that was a
1: <laughs> big reason I thought about this for the rest of school. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A stark difference. Um, Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, okay, so... Vancouver, it's like apples and oranges, right? Right. You know, Vancouver and Winnipeg are both very artsy, very foodie. Uh, like, there's great social community here. But I personally would say Vancouver is more of a white-collar, no-collar, whereas Manitoba is mostly a white-collar, blue-collar type of place. Interesting. Um, and, you know, that's just... Well, that's just socio-demographics, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, I'm very comfortable in that type of environment. Like, I'm a, I'm born and raised as a city rat, but my heart <laughs> is in the country. So, beautiful place to go camping, stay outside. Like, I love to go quadding. Um, 4 by 4 in winter, I've gone skadooing a lot. So, I mean... As far as, like, the lifestyle out here, I, I enjoy it. And also the cost of living is far more stable, uh, right. especially if you're a student or a young family. So I think there is appeal to being
0: here, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're settling in nicely over there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I know, like, obviously nationwide things are still closed, but actually, well, in BC things are going to be opening up pretty soon here on Tuesday for phase one and the same is it the same thing for um Winnipeg too I think Um, it's nationwide so well
1: it so as far as public health goes in terms of um reopening the economy uh with COVID um so Each province individually uh, controls their mandates, right? Mm -hmm. So in Manitoba, I think for about a week, they've been allowing patios with, like, appropriate capacity and also, like, fully ventilated. So you know, with the good weather, a lot of people are itching to go out. And I think the majority of people understand that it's a social responsibility to have proper hand hygiene, to cover your face. If you're feeling unwell, not to go out, to stay home, to distance. So I think, I think people are being responsible um, and, you know, like needing basically meeting the situation where it's at. So for myself, for example, I don't feel comfortable having people come to my house per se, Mm -hmm. but if they want to get together on a patio, that's something I'm okay with. You know what I mean? Like things like that, as far as bars go, bars are not in phase one because they're obviously not essential. Mm -hmm. I think they might, Start to roll out in phase two in BC. I don't know. I received a text from like a general manager of one of the clubs in the lower mainland because oh. they and I keep in touch and they're like, Hey, you know, we're open this date. And I'm like, great. Congratulations. I'm nowhere near the lower <laughs> mainland. So all the best to you. Um, but out here, I think think bars will be phase three I'm unsure I honestly for like my my self-care practice I watch like the national news and I watch the international news every few days yeah but I'm not glued to I'm not glued to the news because I I know that mental health is super important so I want to stay very like um, grounded in the information I take in of
0: course of course yeah Take everything with a grain of salt. But, yeah, like I feel like strip clubs and stuff and bars, I think that would be either phase three or phase four. It's like pretty much TV in the air.
1: Again, it's an unessential service. Yeah. Essential for people's income. I understand that. That's not what I'm getting at. But as far as a public health thing, it's an unessential service and it's entertainment. You know, I mean, I feel that it is staggered in an appropriate way. Like, as an entertainer, yeah, I get it. It's shit. Yeah. You know, it sucks. But, you know, as a private citizen and also, again, a student in healthcare, I'm like, you know, this is measurable. It's achievable. Be patient. This is necessary.
0: Yeah, totally. 100% agree with you on that one. Things will open soon, slowly but surely, but we all have to take our... Take responsibility and you know be responsible. (laughs) Otherwise, nothing's gonna open. You know
1: that's bars, but I mean, one of the things about being a sex worker, whether you're a dancer or a content or escort, what have you, you tend to be very resourceful and adaptable and flexible um, in your negotiation and how you command command an income. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's stag season. I can see a lot of. Outdoor like events happening totally, <laughs> you know, boating, you know, go yeah. to Kelowna. You know, that center of gravity attracts so many people in the summer. It may not happen this year, yeah, in I don't a formal way, but August long will be huge out there already. I know that for sure.
0: Guys, <laughs> we'll just see what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Just ha- see how things unfold. Um, I guess, yeah, exactly. That why don't we go into some Q and A? So I have a few questions on my oh, sure. side and I, I know that you have some from your clients as well. So why don't we go in the to the few that I have for sure. now? What are your plans for like the first thing you're gonna do post COVID?
1: Okay, so is this a question around work or personal life?
0: It wasn't specified. So, if you wanted to yeah, okay. answer on both, you can.
1: I always try to qualify the question. So, I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> um, I am very health conscious. So, I enjoy going to the gym or the studio at least two times a week. So, mm. I would very much look forward to having that part of my routine. But quite honestly, like I wouldn't mind going to like uh, an amusement park or something like that because, yeah, I don't know. I'm into that. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So who knows? Maybe jump out of a plane. That's been on my list for a couple of (laughs) years.
0: But it crosses that bucket list. Like, you know,
1: I want to do fun stuff, right?
0: Totally. (laughs) What are your favorite props to use on stage? So
1: like costume prop or like apparatus?
0: It could be either or, or both.
1: <laughs> oh geez.
0: Okay. Um
1: all right, fair enough. I would say for myself, I have used a coffin before for like more like uh theme costumes for a vampire or like What else? Like I did a devil show a couple years ago for a contest. That was awesome. I had a carpenter. Like one of my customers is a carpenter by trade. So like he built me an old school type of coffin, and I got a smoke blowing out of it. Oh my god! It was very. It was like Aleister Crowley ish. Very (laughs)
0: cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: there's that. So, like, I personally like theatrical props, but a lot Mm -hmm. of girls, like, use circus apparatus. So, like, a lira or tissue or, like, Roman rings, stuff like that.
0: Right. I need to see when we're shows when things open up again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well,
1: I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure as far as the lower mainland goes. I know Mm -hmm. the Caddyshack will contracts for me still because they are like a show bar Mm -hmm. but I'm not too sure about the other clubs like downtown it's pretty pretty like uh circuit local circuit girls I think yeah
0: yeah depending on which club you're in for sure yeah yeah it's different (laughs) um and the last question I got here are you going to move back to Vancouver or elsewhere after COVID as far as my
1: short-term plans go I will remain in manitoba as like quote my home base mm-hmm. so in an ideal situation an ideal situation for me would look like the borders reopening and you know safe to travel internationally right. um i had had i had had some contracts in the works in australia for myself so no. i would like to. yeah i know uh, right such a <laughs> bummer but, you know, damn i know i know but stay positive. Manifest yeah. that shit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I would like to still call Winnipeg my home for school purposes, mm-hmm. but when I can, I would want to tour internationally.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Hope to see yeah. you on the stage, I'll on the stage get, I'll soon. I'll live Vancouver, you know. <laughs> exactly. How about, okay, you mentioned yeah. you had a couple questions on your, your end as well. I had several
1: questions around, like, tour dates or how I'm doing during this time of, like, uh, physical distancing. So I'll speak to the physical distancing first. Sure. So I, myself, I feel I'm doing quite well. Uh, I'm a realist. So once you accept that so many things about this are out of the individual's control, I brought it down. Like, I... I looked at it from the big picture and then as far as how I can control my life, I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is something that I can't stop, but I can choose to react in like, the best way for myself, so mm-hmm. I've been practicing a lot of self-care, being purposeful with my nutrition. On days that I do feel a little down or lethargic, I try to laugh a lot because I think laughter is wonderful, very good uh, for like mental health and mm-hmm. just like your mood overall. So I'm doing well. I'm. Um, I think resiliency is something that you kind of grow into and that's actually a good thing about being a sex worker because we as a a group of people are extremely resilient and adaptable so you know making the best of it i am selling some custom content for clients okay Um, I'm, I'm not on OnlyFans, and from what I hear, that's actually turning out to be like not a good thing for girls right now. So
0: it's very you know, oversaturated um... <laughs> at the moment.
1: Yes, yes, and also like because I'm on different uh, dancer uh, chat boards, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion around how accounts are being shut down, uh, money is not actually being deposited properly so you know like I got my ear to the ground I'm again I'm offering custom content so like a very one-on-one boutique experience to like respectful customers that approach me Mm -hmm. so you know it's doing well I consider that you know I'm I'm very uh, lucky to be able to do that so I'm blessed
0: that's awesome Um,
1: yeah so that's how I'm doing and as far as work goes in future you know again it's it's been disappointing because i finished my term in vancouver and i came out here and prior to having the COVID outbreak i had had a completely booked schedule for touring and there's been uh, as i mentioned previously with all the pageants Unfortunately, you know it's it's necessary, of course, for people's safety. But unfortunately, a lot of the pageants have been cancelled for this year. Right. So I was scheduled to go to Indiana for uh, Nudes A Popping, which is an annual uh, feature competition at the Ponderosa Sun Club. I was going to go to um, the feature dance feature dancer, competition in, like, northeast USA with Um, my uh, roommate, Mia Nebula. That was a bummer. Because I was really looking forward to it, actually. The club that hosts it, it is, is, like, on par with what I remember the Cecil to be. So I was so itching. Yeah, I was so itching to be on that stage. They have, like, three poles. They have crossbars for chin-ups and trapeze. They have, like, a hoop. I was, like that upset me I'm like oh yeah so
0: that's so um, shitty damn well you know honestly again I I hear you what can you do
1: it's okay yeah I mean it's you know what can you do like I mean there's next year of course and so with dancing For people that are listening, there is the ED Expo in Las Vegas, Vegas. Nevada that's held every year. Uh, You mentioned uh, Kashya Shea. She went with us last year. Um, She repped for Canada. And uh, it's basically the culmination of all industry members every year. It's an expo and a showcase and awards and party. Still it is fun. big. It is like everybody in the industry goes: owners, agents, court staff, like media, obviously entertainers, like everybody shows, and it's an amazing party. I've gone several years, That's awesome. uh, but it is being postponed right. for the time being. <laughs> Everybody's still it'll happen this year so yeah. I hope that it happens because it'll be a very big party
0: yes so, yeah just think yeah. about just like this year's the glass just on hold right just on pause yeah like I mean
1: 2020 2020 is a write-off
0: yeah let's keep it positive exactly
1: <laughs>
0: yeah did your yeah. regulars have any other questions about your well-being or anything else to work? Um, you said tour dates.
1: Well, yeah, I'll open up about this. So I, I have spoken mainly about like uh, school and work mm-hmm. um, and my like tour bookings and whatnot. I had recent news that uh, my father actually needed to be hospitalized. Oh uh, no! It's unrelated to COVID. It's just it's it just so happens to. right now right that's been hard because you know not to be able to be there for him physically yeah uh, that's been that's been trying to me but I'm in communication through my mom okay and uh he definitely is receiving great care that's important um yeah, like, I mean, you know, it was it was the best decision as far as people requiring emergent and urgent care right now. Like, everybody is encouraged, if you don't need to be in a health center, don't go. But right. it was required, so I mean, he is where he needs to be, and I remain optimistic. I've had several customers be super supportive because... Yeah, like, they're like, well, if you need anything, if you need to talk, please let us know, you know, don't feel that you're alone, you can reach out. So, I mean, people form
0: their own community systems.
1: Happy that they're in my life.
0: That's amazing. That's so yeah. incredible. Well, fingers crossed. I really hope he yeah. gets better. Wishing him a speedy recovery. Thanks, yeah. yeah. Family stuff is was very, very difficult, but hopefully we'll just get yeah. to this together, so... And it's great that you have your your, yeah. your loyal fan base to be an extra support yeah. network, too, for you.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's reciprocal, too, right? Like, I totally. mean, that's the thing. Like, that's... I think it's, like, a little bit more mysterious. The general public doesn't see that side of dancing. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you've known a customer for multiple years and they genuinely have a bond with you like you do end up caring about each other right so you check in on each other or you offer support or like you uh keep them grounded or like call them on their bullshit or like joke with them or you know like it becomes a very real relationship obviously with appropriate boundaries still for safety if that's applicable right but yeah I'm definitely blessed that way
0: so there's a beauty around it too, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's really hard to define it because, again, there is so much artistry when it comes to being an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not not all women are created equal. Not all dancers are the same. Like, one of the biggest battles that dancers try to advocate against is – okay, we're not one dimensional people. We're not all cookie cutter. You can't say that I'm like her or I'll allow this or so-and-so said this about me. So it must be true. Like you can't put that on another human being. Right. So, you know, when it comes to individual relationships, like, you know, I am not the same person to everyone I meet and they are not the same person to me, right? So, right. like, it's that individual connection and, you know, some relationships are deeper than others. Some are a little bit more superficial, but it is what it is. Like, yeah, it's just life.
0: <laughs> On that note, where can we find you right now? Uh, for Sure. <laughs> No, for sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on Facebook, I
1: am under Cordella Casor. Okay. On Instagram, it is Miss underscore Cordella Casor. And if you would like to request or approach me for custom content, just DM me either on IG or on Twitter as well under the same handle. And okay. uh, I will give you my email and you
0: can go from there. Awesome. And I'll be sure to plug all those links in the, uh, podcast notes below. So okay, people, for can, sure. yeah. Yeah, people can contact you there for sure. But it was such a pleasure to finally meet you and to have you on the show. Yeah. You have no, had... you're swell. you're super bubbly. I love your energy, babe. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I think the sun is giving me like all that energy right now. <laughs> good. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here in Vancouver yeah and I'm gonna go ahead and edit this and then maybe have some fun outside social distancing of course
1: <laughs> yes nice nice
0: but we'll would love to reconnect with you if you're ever back in Vancouver again so don't be a stranger <laughs> oh yeah no for sure um
1: I have plans to hopefully visit in the fall okay so yeah
0: and keep us up to date with your tour dates and stuff too I definitely want to oh yeah you for sure um you know Depending on when things do
1: open up again, um, I plug them on my Twitter and IG. So, okay. yeah,
0: definitely. Perfect. Well, thank you, Miss Cordel Casor, for being yeah. our wonderful guest today during our COVID series. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe, and share, guys. Strip by Sia on Instagram or my personal CSF, And we'll catch you guys in for another, possibly another episode for the COVID <laughs> series next week. I'm just kind of rolling with it. So may or may not see me. <laughs> but thanks again. And that was Miss Cordella Casor. Thanks for joining us, guys. Sorry, the sound quality is really, really bad. We were using Google Hangouts. We are going to have another fun episode for sure next week. See you guys. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to Stripped by Sia Produced and hosted by Steph Sia, a.k.a. Kim Chi, Music by Ted D Photography by Ian Daburn